0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our full gear review. This is the first pay-per-view review that we have been able to do, so this is very exciting. And incredibly, this was one of my favorite. Uh, the first time we're doing a pay-per-view review is one of my favorite pay-per-views I've ever watched. So oh, this yeah. was fantastic. So good. And I didn't think I was gonna to get to watch it live and I was able to catch the second half and then watch the first half afterwards, so I am I'm dead tired, but I am uh I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Yesterday was a good day. It was a very good day. Yes, it was. For many reasons. For many reasons. Okay, well actually first I wanna do a little bit of uh just a little bit of news, because it is significant. Um it, this won't take very long, but Um, who knows if this is going to play into AEW, but, uh, for people who don't know, Kota Ibushi lost his number one contender spot. He put that on the line against Jay White on Friday, I believe it was. And he Friday, their time, Saturday, our time. Yes. So he, he lost it to Jay White. So he is no longer the number one contender. He is no longer in line to face the champion at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. And his contract is up in February. So, Cody ear gif,
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cody Rhodes Eargif, yeah. for
0: sure. Like, it was
1: shocking, but once I figured out his contract is up, it kind of made sense yeah, like, as to why it's probably happening.
0: They could do the, the two-day event and have him try and win it the day before and then... Some the next day, but that to me this is significant because it reads as um, from afar from my armchair GM standpoint that NJPW might wanna might not want to get into the uh, Kenny Omega situation that they were in last time, which mm-hmm. is where they plan on putting it on that on that person. Then they have to pivot at the last second and everybody's upset. So this is interesting for me and uh yeah, so and JPW's had some kind of wacky booking decisions this year during the pandemic, so this could just be one of those where they're yeah. just they're very erratic, which is kind of nice because it's unpredictable, but this Kodabushi's name is something to watch in the new year if he's not if he does not sign he could very well come to join his buddy Kenny Omega in AEW his golden lover his golden lover and in my headcanon they still are yes always and forever and one other thing i know we talked about AEW games um earlier this week for the for the dynamite podcast however in the, uh, in the media scrum afterwards, the post-Pay-Per-View media scrum, um, Tony Khan confirmed... He gave a little bit more information, and they were plugging it a lot during the Pay-Per-View as well, making it sound like Kenny had a lot of big news to give people. So I think we might be finding out about the console game. And um, Tony Khan didn't really... Dis- they like, didn't really try and like push down on that hype. So I think we might that might be imminent. But also he said that the the likely mobile game is going to be a GM booking game. So you're booking the cards of events and
1: That'd be fun though.
0: There is a game that exists like that. I can't I think it's uh TWM or something like that like the wrestling manager I think is is what mm-hmm. it might be called and supposedly it's very good people like it it's a uh, it's just a computer game i believe it's mostly text text based but yeah. uh should be fun i'm excited for that um that's supposed to be uh a very well loved game so it's yeah. cool and i'm not a huge mobile gamer but i'll play it mm-hmm. since it's AEW. it could also but... it could be mobile and computer who knows? Like yeah. it would be something that probably wouldn't translate well to consoles, mm-hmm. but it looks like they're uh, yeah. Tony made it sound like they were doing um, many avenues for their games. Like it's going to be a big deal. Like they're gonna continue to come up with new ideas to put out there because so many of them are gamers. They have a lot of gamers on their yeah. staff, including a, of someone who worked in video games. Um, Aubrey Edwards worked. Oh, did she really? I did not know that was her uh, job before. She worked in games development on a producing on a producer level, but she's helping work. The, she and Kenny are the two people from AW working on the game with the oh, okay. with the develop with the developers. So that it's in good hands, and it sounds like mm-hmm. they. Yeah, that makes. Sounds like they might have. S- A little something to show us soon. So that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. All right. So full gear. And oh boy, I really do think this is, if it wasn't for the pandemic and having like fewer bodies in the crowd, this would be their best pay-per-view. Cause I think uh, credits to credits, bell to bell, (laughs) it is, it was the best wrestling they've had and the best storytelling they've had. Like, As far as like what they do, it's the best. They can't control the pandemic. They can't control the crowd. So Revolution is probably the best experience overall because of the atmosphere. But if it it were pound for pound, I think this one was the better product. Yeah, it was start to finish. It was incredible.
1: I didn't like sometimes in longer pay-per-views, you know, halfway through the middle of it, you start feeling kind of down or you're like, oh, man. How much longer, in the, but the, I didn't feel that at all, this whole pay-per-view. So.
0: I had a That's little... That's how you know it's good. Yeah, I had a tiny bit of that. But that was also because of when I started it. Uh, yeah. To be clear, I, when I logged on um, to watch it, it was at the start of the women's match. And it wouldn't let me rewind, so I was a little bummed. And I didn't really get back... I didn't get back my excitement to watch it from the beginning like as I would have from the beginning until like a third of the way through the, through the uh, tag championship match. So Mm -hmm. there were a couple matches that I felt a little more down on that when I watch, when I watched it back fresh in the morning, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Okay. So it started with uh, the Allison K Serena deed match. This was in the, uh, the, the buy-in. I thought this was a great buy-in match. Probably the best buy-in match they've ever had. Um, oh yeah, it felt like it should have been on the the main show to me. Well,
1: how good it was. And this
0: is this is what you want because you want people to watch it and you want people to be like, "Oh shit, I gotta buy this." <laughs> and they did that. And I'm super excited to see if Allison K signs. Nobody in the uh, in the media scrum afterwards asked. That question, which I thought was odd, um, because she is a free. Told not to. It, it, it is possible. It is possible that they that they maybe were told uh, there will be some news on this later. We're not going to let you ask that question. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they because they mentioned it a couple times in this match. They said, uh, "Allison, case a free agent, she can really use this match as a negotiating tool with Tony Khan." Mm-hmm. Which to me, I hope they sign her. To me, that sounded a little bit like when FTR was kayfabe not signed while they were actually yeah. signed. Mm-hmm. And I knew the whole time that they were signed, and everybody should have known that they were signed. And then they did that little storyline through Twitter. Yeah. I <laughs> about the reason why, but it was pretty, and I sort of got a little bit of that vibe as if this is like kayfabe, she's not signed. Yeah. But you never Prom- know. That's eh, what
1: it seems like. That... I hope they sign her. I'm a huge fan of hers. I've been a fan of hers since
0: I saw her on Impact.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think she's great.
0: So I really hope they do sign her. They could use her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why the, uh, the why the announcers would have made such a big deal about her not being signed yet. Like they did mm-hmm. multiple, like at the beginning of the match and then halfway through the match, they brought it up again. Yeah, because they, they don't
1: do that like when someone like Thunder Rosa is wrestling there. They don't really say that. She's not signed to us, but.
0: We hope she does or anything like that. Yeah, like they say, like, well, they will be like, oh, this is their AEW debut. What a hot prospect. <laughs> but that's not what this was. And they made her look yeah. really, really strong in this. I thought this was a great back and forth match between two veterans that could a- that can absolutely lead this division going forward and be leaders in that locker room. And I know I've heard over the years that Allison Kay is a very outspoken, strong-willed leader in the locker room. So that's what they need because the yeah. the AW women's division is either young and they don't have that much experience, can't hold that against them, or they aren't from America and their English isn't that great. Yeah. So that would be hard to be a locker room leader for young up and coming talents if English isn't your first language. So mm-hmm. I think I think like uh she's an absolute no brainer and I think she would want to join the company. I would assume so. Um just because she's wrestled with all these women before. Oh yeah. And yeah. It was Yeah, she's very good and I just hope
1: it's not a situation where she wrestled on an AEW show, so now WWE is going to try to
0: swoop her up and then not use her on TV. They're going to try. They always do. Mm-hmm. They try every single time. Um, yeah, it's just the fact that she's already wrestled them before in the Mae Young Classic makes me think that if they were going to, they probably would have already. But that's the case every time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like uh, They knew who Thunder Rosa was beforehand. They knew who Eddie Kingston was beforehand. It's only when AEW starts using them. Yeah. But we'll find out. Yeah, the the match with the match, match was awesome. There was a lot of really strong moves that you don't normally see from women, at least in AEW. Like they had there was a water wheel uh slam that K had uh D with, which was like <laughs> good gravy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh the uh... Yeah, the, the really good strikes, really good jaw jacking, which is not really Serena Deeb's game, so that was kind of cool. Allison Kay uh-huh. was trying to intimidate her in this match. Yeah, I thought it, it was just it was just fantastic, uh-huh. and I can't wait to see what comes after this. And then at the end, when Serena Deeb won, Thunder Rosa's music hit, and she came down, uh-huh. and I knew you'd come, Thunder Rosa. Like, I knew she would be back at some point. I wasn't sure if it would be this episode, or this episode, this show. But uh, I was excited to see her. It looks like we're going to see her again in AEW. His NWA, again, is not running shows. And they would not run this uh, angle if they weren't going to do it on AEW. So that's exciting. And, again, who knows what the future holds for NWA and AEW. I still th- yeah. I still think that if NWA does not have a lot of people signed, that a partnership as the third show would be very very ideal.
1: Yeah, it seems like they are losing a lot of talent. So most
0: of their talents in AEW from
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like they're uh, they're too they're as they have four women and two of them are in AEW, one of them is appearing in AEW, and one of them is a free agent who just wrestled this match, which was Allison K. I mm-hmm. I can only think of two other women that they have. So, yeah. It's, and they uh, might show up too, who knows. If if they're bought, certainly. I would mm-hmm. say so. Okay, and then the next, the, the kickoff for the for the main show, which was ballsy as hell to put this on first, because as we know, like, once you go out and set the bar that high, everyone else is like, oh, shoot, I better, yeah, I better tighten up my bootstraps. And
1: <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory on why this went on first, uh, because I was watching the show on my laptop, so we had on the TV, mm-hmm. uh, President elect Joe Biden's uh, first speech was. Mm-hmm. On right at the beginning, so I think maybe they were trying to book against the upcoming president. Let's <laughs> put on our probably our best match tonight, so people will keep yeah, watching. They're, think,
0: they're thinking maybe we gotta uh compete with Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, it is Kenny versus Paige, and my goodness, like the first this is this is NJPW Kenny. And NJPW oh, yeah. page are back. Like this mm-hmm. is it right here? Yeah, this this, sp- this was the sporting wrestling that people that was promised and that people wanted. This was it. The story was mm-hmm. not there in this match. They told yeah. all the story within the match. Kenny wasn't trying to heal it up. Um, it was uh, it was all told within the match. And before I get into the match, having Don Callis come out on commentary was a stroke of mm-hmm. genius because I straight up got emotional when Don Callis came out because I was rem- yeah. like Don Callis commentating Kenny matches was what got was right there for for me when I when they brought me back to wrestling when he was wrestling yeah. in the Tokyo Dome mm-hmm. but, like that yeah, he
1: even mentioned that with J.R. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've called a few of his matches in in Japan and stuff. So
0: yeah, for, for me, Don Callis is the voice of Kenny's greatest matches in NJPW, and it all came washing back to me when I heard mm-hmm. his voice, and he had not missed a beat calling his matches, and they are family friends. That was Don Callis's house in the yeah. uh, in the thing. This and they this all even his lower third it. said
1: Impact uh, EVP mm-hmm. Don Callis. So mm-hmm. they even gave an impact. Wrestling a shout out, yeah.
0: And Tony said that uh, he brought Don Callis on for Kenny, and mm-hmm. as of right now, it's one off. But he's not opposed to working with him again, and that uh, they are there. Nothing's off the table with working with Impact going forward. So that's fun. Yeah, he, yeah. He said they're the they're the company that's friendly with everybody. So I was like, great, can't wait. Maybe we get to see Motion City Machine guns, Motor City Machine Guns oh my at some God. point. A
1: rematch of the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks—it's like 2008 all over again. I'd be so
0: happy. They're not officially signed with Impact. Oh, they're not. No, they're A&W not. We should bring, bring them in. The, as a last time I checked, uh, Fightful's uh, contract list—they're not signed. They're just—they're working there. But mm-hmm. so yeah, so this match—or maybe—was it uh, just starts out and is so. So, it's so good. They, they, they they're just one-upping each other, just going back and forth, just completely mirroring each other the whole match. And yeah, I was just struck by how much it was a, it was a pure sport. It was the kind of thing that they had, they completely put the story on the back burner. It was just them Uh trying to one-up each other with, and you could see that with uh, going back and forth with chops. It was exemplified the most outside by the barricade they had no, like yeah. an extended they kept slamming each other into yeah, it yeah they had an extended bar- barricade like, uh, session <laughs> where they kept uh, irish whipping each other into the barricade and like, uh, like he would kenny would do it to hangman hangman would do it to kenny and they go back and forth trying to one up each other to the point where kenny did the moonsault off the barricade yeah. to to take advantage on uh on hangman And that's when it started feeling like classic New Japan to me when he did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's I believe that is a Kenny versus Okada spot. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And Hangman, when, when they were in the ring, Hangman to, uh, to call back to the interview that he did with JR in the. On dynamite, he was countering every single one of Kenny's moves. He knew uh-huh. every single move that was coming, exactly like how he said he was. He did prepare for this, to the point where Kenny went to hit the one wing angel, and he countered it into his own one wing angel, which Kenny yeah. then countered. And it was, it was just, and they they were doing that the whole match. Everything was countered. He countered the buckshot lariat with a with a V trigger. Um, that spot was so nice when he like slid under
1: it and then got up with the V trigger. That was, mm-hmm. it was, it was so
0: crisp. It was perfect. He damn near <laughs> uh, bug shot Larry just nose hairs off his yeah. <laughs> off his face. Like it was it was that close. That, Kenny's timing. Kenny has the best timing in wrestling. Oh yeah. Like okay. without without a doubt, nobody has better timing than him. I feel like I'm Donald Trump, even with my hands. So nobody has better <laughs> timing than Kenny Omega. Um but yeah, no nobody can touch him. And yeah, and then the the finale, they were countering every single one of each other's moves because they know each other down to a T. And even the very final spot, it looked like Hangman was countering the the one winged angel. Until he wasn't.
1: Yeah. And I thought I really thought this is gonna be the moment somebody kicks out of it, the amount they struggled with it. I was like,
0: oh this is it. But the thing is still I don't think anybody's ever going to kick out of the one-winged angel. I think when somebody beats him, like when Kangman eventually beats him, I think he won't be able to hit the one winged angel. Yeah. That's That's what what, they did
1: in New Japan too. mm -hmm.
0: Like I think all his
1: Okada matches, he never hit it until he did
0: and then he won. mm Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be that uh, One-Winged Angel will never be kicked out of. I think it'll just go down as the most protected move in wrestling. And <laughs> I love that. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. It's rare. It's yeah. very, very rare. It's very rare. And it makes it seem special. And it mm-hmm. makes the endings of the matches incredible. Because Like going back and It's the New Japan thing where they go back and forth reversing each other's finishers until it's finally hit. And yeah, this, uh, this, and not everybody can do that. It, it it's always people who have wrestled in Japan that put together those matches. And mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate, yeah, it's it's definitely
1: an art to doing something like that. Cause I've seen matches where they try to do it and it doesn't come across as, as,
0: the same so there's Mm -hmm. definitely an
1: art i know being able
0: to do something like that i know uh cody has talked about he has a hard time um hitting that next gear for the final Mm -hmm. segment of the match he's always trying to improve that and uh yeah yeah i think in north america it's hard because that's not how matches are that's not how matches are structured or that's not how matches have traditionally been structured in north america Mm -hmm. yeah he just needs to uh Go watch all the Kenny and
1: Okada matches and mm-hmm. try to take notes because they're like the masters of it.
0: Yeah. So after this match, it was like Kenny didn't heal it up at all. Hangman was devastated. The Bucks came out. They congratulated Kenny. Or did they? No. No. no sorry. That was not this match. The No. Kenny just got up and walked on, walked into the mm-hmm. back. This is the first time after any of his wins since he's come back as a singles wrestler that he hasn't. Done anything, heelish? Which I think for me, this is just allowing us to see that character, uh, come to come to pass in the uh, in the next three months or three and a half months mm-hmm. going into uh, revolution against Moxley. And we yeah, they, when they say revolution was February, it's February twenty seventh, twenty eighth. 27th. 27th. Yeah, I think that's the same as last year. Or I think last year might have been the 29th. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I like. we haven't seen main event Kenny Omega yet. Like, as far as, like, storyline on Dynamite, Kenny Omega, we have not seen that yet. So this is going to be the first time we get to see Kenny Omega in the premiere storylines on Dynamite getting the premiere minutes on Dynamite yeah. for story. We've never seen that from Kenny anywhere. Like he's gonna yeah. have to cut promos. He's gonna have to do storylines with Mox. That's not just Mox coming out and putting him through a table. And remember, that wasn't for a championship at the time. That was yeah. that was it like was a mid card feud. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder
1: if uh, Kenny will do his go back to his like weird, weirder speech patterns that he used to do in Japan, like "you son of a bitch" and stuff like that.
0: Now that he's gonna be the cleaner. I th- it seems like the cleaner's coming back, but it's funny, like he sort of goes in and out of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I find in his um in his promos he's more like that, and then in his interviews he's much more serious. I prefer yeah. I prefer the much more serious Kenny. Um but we will see. Um I think I think Mox will get the much more serious Kenny. Because it fit oh, yeah. it fits in with them. And when I think back to the vignette that uh Kenny was cutting against Mox um heading into whatever that pay-per-view was where they were Oh the the one when they had their lights out match? No, it wasn't that. It was the one where uh Moxley got had to pull out and he ended up having to face Pac instead. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, where he said like you went to New Japan to to live the life that I had to face all the people I had faced, and mm-hmm. and to live the life of Kenny Omega, and you got sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you couldn't hack it. <laughs> it. It was it was really good, and it was v- mm-hmm. really serious. And this was when we were when we were seeing face Kenny, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he does with heel Kenny, and this is this is a blow away match five stars I just it was perfect oh, yeah. five supernova stars giant stars like five. both That's guys great. looked like they were winning until the very end mm-hmm like uh no guy had the upper hand. It was just completely even just guys who have spent the last uh um like uh, two thirds of the year as tag partners facing off against each other and it was completely <laughs> even footing and that's that's what I love. It's like there's no there's no way of predicting it other than knowing that they're probably going with Kenny against Moxley. Yeah. That, that was the only way. Of knowing like if you Yeah but if, I mean it was it was good towards the end. it made you think that, well mm-hmm. maybe maybe Kenny's not winning and
1: stuff. So. If
0: you had never watched an AEW show and you're watching that match, you'd have no idea who was winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is nice. For sure. Okay, so next match, Silver versus Cassidy. This was the perfect comedy match, the perfect change of tone to come after oh, yeah. that, hot, that absolutely exhausting match previous. The comedy in this match was so funny and so expertly done until it wasn't funny anymore. And <laughs> until it was time to be serious, and this happened a couple times on this pay per view. But in this match specifically, like I was howling with laughter when um Cassidy was doing the pocket spot and, and like and John Silver got so mad he knocked him over. By his hands. That was funny. And ripped, <laughs> literally ripped the pockets off his pants. And then ate them. held them up in the air with the stupidest grin on his face. And then <laughs> ate them. He ate the pockets. Johnny <laughs> hungry. <laughs> I was howling. It was the funniest thing. And Silver was so upset because he's portrayed as such an idiot that he was getting so irrationally mad at uh mm-hmm. at orange cassidy's comedy spots at his slosh stick that he he <laughs> lost his mind and uh mm-hmm. and then they just turned on super worker mode and, yeah. and there were some of the more athletic spots i've ever seen um there is a there was a spin doctor reversal that I had to pause it and or I, I actually I couldn't rewind it. Today I had to pause it and rewind it to see exactly how it how it happened. Mm-hmm. And there was a reversal into the Stun Dog Millionaire that I was just again I was like it was like yeah, it was like when I, watching that I was like what the heck just happened? Like I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't really tell what happened. Yeah, this this was this is Orange Cassidy um turn well John Silver's already a star but now he just turned him into a superstar with this match. Mm-hmm. He absolutely turned yeah, him into a superstar.
1: I noticed, um, you know, we're in that Facebook group and like during the thread, people were like actually going crazy for, for Silver.
0: So he's really starting to get over. Oh, he's massively over. He's one of the, he's one of the most over mm-hmm. guys in the company right now. Like yeah. all, all over. I mean, you can't, we don't have crowds to really judge that by, but judging by the internet's reaction they, mm-hmm. he's, people are asking for him to win belts. And I'm like, yeah, well, not, not yet, guys, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's, I, I wish we
1: had crowds uh for many reasons, but one, I just want to see real because when the dark order first came in, you know, no one liked him, but now it seems like on the internet, everyone loves him so much. And I just want to see what crowds would react
0: to. Yeah. I'm so happy for out. him because when he first showed up, Nobody knew who he was, but I—I I was, was someone who watched Beyond Wrestling, so I popped when uh-huh. uh, Silver and Reynolds came on. I was like, "It's the Beaver Boys! It's the Beaver Boys!" And <laughs> I knew their talent, but they were being uh-huh. presented as jobbers, and apparently Tony Khan did not know that they had this in them. And then because of BTE, where they're able to just do their own thing, he was just like, "I didn't know you guys had this in you." I'm going to start using you guys mm-hmm. more, more specifically John Silver because he's yes. incredibly funny. But uh, yeah, the, this match, like it was, uh, it was John Silver's to lose until the very sec, until the very last second when he went to use Brody Lee's discus lariat, he yeah. messed it up or he did. He messed it up. Orange Cassidy reversed it. Then he hit the uh, orange punch in the beach break for the, for the win, which, to me, I think might be setting up a uh, Brody Lee versus Silver uh, feud at some point. That's what I'm seeing. And is I, w- I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to do that. And then I, I caught a couple times um, the announcers were just like, oh, John Silver really has to get out from under Brody Lee's thumb and leave. Uh, he needs to leave Dark Order because he's a star in the making. He can be huge in this company if he just leaves them. I'm just like, oh, I think that might be what oh. they're doing. Yeah. Because we haven't seen Brody Lee for a while. He might come back and be like, why would you use my move out there and, and disgrace it like that and lose the match mm-hmm. because of my move? Like, it's it writes itself. And he's yeah. been That's treating John That's Silver really like shit for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. That,
0: uh, and, you know, he'll be the biggest baby face in the company when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> You know it. You know it's going to happen. He'll be the biggest baby face in the company. Yeah, so this match, four and a half stars. This will be a running trend. There were very few matches that were under four and a half stars for me. Like This this match wasn't the absolute banger classic that Kenny Page was, but it was damn near perfect for what it had to be.
1: Yeah, it was entertaining in completely other ways. Yeah, than the first match,
0: and the work, you know, which
1: is what you want on a wrestling show. You want a variety, mm-hmm. and the work was so good, so good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, these two guys are masters of uh, the comedy wrestling match, mm-hmm. and uh, when you when you have that, like you could tell why. I know a lot of people crap on comedy wrestling online, but when you have two guys like them and in, in a match, it's just you see why people like it and why I like it. And I know you like it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, I thought it was as good as the Cassidy-Pac match. However, Mm -hmm. the difference being the crowd. The crowd reaction for that Pac match made it one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Just how they were interacting with Pac in it, making fun Mm -hmm. of him. Like, that aspect is sadly missing in this, which is nothing... You can't uh, hold that against the wrestlers, but the, the one thing is that oh, yeah. Cassidy is a live crowd wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So, Okay. And speaking of the crowds,
1: oh. I saw on Twitter Dave Meltzer was tweeting out, um, I guess people in the, the uh, crowds, like the limited people they had, were saying they were trying to be as loud as they could to like try to give some note. So... It was I had mine turned down so I couldn't really hear too well. They like,
0: the were notic- they were very noticeable at times, very noticeable mm-hmm. at times. It's just in the other ones like you see the crowds right behind the wrestlers. It like it's mm-hmm. very much the atm- it's the visual atmosphere as, as as well as the uh the audio. Yeah. So uh, you're missing that right now and it's and also mm-hmm. it has been the same setting for like yeah. 4 months now. So mm-hmm there there's only so much you can do there. Okay, so the next match was Darby Allen versus Cody, and I thought like I thought this match was going to be we had both said we thought this match was going to be overbooked, like an overbooked yeah. Cody match, which is an unfortunate trope of his right now. I'm a huge fan of Cody and I it's almost it's a trope that I accept at this point. Like he that's where he lives. But um he did not. This was quite underbooked for a Cody match. He's normally, uh, he, he's quite restrained in this. Um, mm-hmm. the, it was a pretty basic story. This is actually a story that was told a lot, which was uh, a veteran uh, going old school and targeting a limb and hammering on that limb and underestimating the, the younger, quicker, more resilient opponent and that that happened (laughs) a lot like very old school very good psychology very good limb work this is maybe like there's one of three or four matches that had the same formula and it's a formula that's worked since professional wrestling started and it will always work and
1: oh yeah it's tail as old as time in wrestling yeah it
0: was it was perfect in this it was uh cody going after the arm of uh of darby Constantly putting him in hammer locks, um, just uh, just working him over, but getting very cocky. And then Darby Allen, being as talented and as quick as he is, countering him um, using his uh, using his quickness to get uh, reversals and quick pin attempts. And Cody just sort of unraveling when he would uh, when he would get frustrated. And you could see he did the he did the push up spot again, and mm-hmm. Aaron was you could hear him this time screaming at Cody from the outside and Cody did come in with the whole entourage this time as well, yeah he including he did the, the whole, whole group team with him this time which again sort of highlighted the uh the i have I have all this going for me, and there's little Darby alone. Just mm-hmm. just getting by on his grit, which is what yeah. Cody thinks he has, but really, Cody has money and people and personal trainers, I, and yeah I keep saying Cody's a heel, he just doesn't realize it yet I don't know if he re- i don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if he's just being a very cocky face and he knows that and he mm-hmm. knows he can get away with it. I'm sure he knows yeah. what people think.
1: Yeah, I just mean like the whole team mm-hmm. and like just it's like he's gotta kind of, he just doesn't it. realize he's a heel, because he comes across as a heel if you he, if you just watch and like don't listen to anything, he just looks like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the like an eighties
0: like high school bully guy or something. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you you'd think at some point he that's going to uh flip, but you know, he just formed that big faction with all those guys, so who knows? Um mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're just Cody's ring work in this was amazing. He hits a ridiculous avalanche crossroads was, on Darby in this match. That made me go oh, this, like this audible. is audible. Yeah, this is near the end of the match and I I popped hard and this was like one thirty in the morning at this point. And mm-hmm. So I was trying to be quiet because my partner was in bed in the other room <laughs> but I was like <laughs> slamming my fist on the couch and trying not to scream <laughs> and he sends Darby rolling over to the outside which is which is brilliant because then Cody goes for the cover and Darby's leg is underneath the ropes and he can't he can't get the pin and then he goes mm-hmm. to give Darby another crossroads in the ring and Darby rolls him up for the one, two, three. And it was, yeah, it was believable. Um Cody's uh furious reaction afterwards was believable. I Hard's th- face was is great after. Mm-hmm. Cody's holding the belt and he looks like he's going to, he's screaming. He's visibly upset. He looks like he's going to clock Cody and officially turn heel. But he mm-hmm. takes a knee and presents it to him. Like he's yeah. giving him the sword and the stone. And I was just <laughs> like okay this is kind of cool like i didn't expect this and also it's just like every time you think cody's gonna turn heel he does something like this so Mm -hmm. i feel like at some point he's gonna be like he's gonna do like the mjf thing where like it's so in your face for so long that you're just like when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen just do it already (laughs) and it didn't happen this time and He's essentially, he's passing the torch to Darby. You're the new face of TNT, which was from their very first match. He kind of knew this was going to happen at some mm-hmm. point. And I love this. This is, a, again, a very Japanese thing to do. It's like when, um, oh, what's his name? Kibashi. Uh Kenta Kabashi in all Japan. I think he went like 0-35 when he first joined the mm-hmm. company. And he went 0-35 until he got his first win, and then he became the face of the company. Yeah. And that's a AEW yeah. does this a lot. They hold these guys down. They hold Sammy and Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF. They hold them down until they're able to beat their heroes and their mentors. And I I love that they do that. That's one of my favorite storytelling devices that they do, and it's not something we see a lot. Like, the, mm-hmm. this is another thing with AEW. This is not something we see a lot in North America. Um, yeah. And then after all this, then you hear enough on the mic, enough, enough. And it's Taz mm-hmm. on the mic telling them that, I think he calls them like little bitch babies or something, or so, yeah, something like that. Like, He's just like, enough of the crying. You know, and yeah. the, and he distracts them long enough that uh, um, Starks and uh, Starks, Starks and Cage, and Cage are up. able to yeah. attack them from behind, and th- they attack both of them. They attack uh, Cody, which is interesting, which was very smart mm-hmm. because they did call out Cody in Taz's promo on Wednesday
1: yeah, on Wednesday.
0: And uh, <laughs> so they take yeah. them both out, and then they turn the camera, and Arn's already on the ground. They're like, oh, they posted on. Yeah. and Like, oh, cool. I like that. That's a good attention to detail. And um then they take them, uh they take them outside, they throw Darby through the uh through what through it's supposed to be a big glass light, but kind of look like paper. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, they like throw them through that and they're, Plexiglass they're, or something. They they lay out Cody as well, and then they take Darby and they are going to do the um Dusty Roads arm breaking. That uh, Arn mm-hmm. did to uh, that Arne did to to Dusty, and similar Dusty, to, yeah, similar to what they did to Dustin earlier. Or Inner Circle to Dustin <laughs> earlier in the year or last year, I guess at this point.
1: And, was that uh, last year? Wow,
0: <laughs> it, it could have been in January because that's when everything yeah, that's, that's when everything was really ramping up. Um, yeah, like three years ago feels like, or three weeks ago feels like last year. So I don't even really know. Yeah, so they're about to break his arm, and then out comes Will Hobbs, true Willie Hobbs, mm-hmm. and he uh, he's swinging the chair. He chases them off, so presumably that's his answer. So we're going to get some yeah. story revolving probably those around... Six, there are five guys. Those five guys, which is interesting because that's an odd number. So where mm-hmm. what what side is Cody going to take, if any, in this, which is interesting, it gives him flexibility to not be the face in this scenario. Yeah, Um which he can like help out a week and then do something else in mm-hmm, another week. Mm-hmm.
1: And Endless. I just got to know where the heck was the rest of the the Nightmare Family when they were getting beat
0: up? There's always a, in yes they they need to think about stuff like this in wrestling because you're right. Where were they? Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of the time that that's not. You sort of have to suspend disbelief, but yeah,
1: yeah, I know. I know it's a wrestling trope, but it, it just—he
0: mm-hmm. brought them all out at the beginning. Do you think they'd be ready to run out? You're you're very much correct. Um, I know AEW has said in the past. Well, the reason why this person wasn't there is because the locker rooms at Daly's place are back at the just ja- so far away. are back at the yeah. Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars uh, locker room. So it's like, okay, fine. Um, I don't need to hear them say that like every time this happens, but yes, they were down at ringside, so did they walk all the way back to the <laughs> to the locker room? You're right, you're hundred percent right. That is uh that's one step too far. Yeah, I thought again, four and a half stars. Yeah. Um, especially the booking at the end, I thought was great. And uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I I bought into uh, well, I was going to say I bought into Darby winning. Yeah, Darby did win, but yeah, I thought uh, I did. I had thought we had both chosen Darby to win this match, and that's what happened. Like it seemed, it had mm-hmm. always seemed that uh, this belt was Darby's to win at some point, and whenever he got that shot, he was going to win it.
1: Oh yeah, and then uh, one thing we didn't mention after they beat down Darby and Will King, Will Hobbs made the save. Darby was laying on the car, holding the belt still, but and it had the face of TNT on the hood of the car, and he was just all beat up. I thought that was pretty funny.
0: And uh, I guess no Sting. I guess no. But I, I mean that. I think that was just, me just and everyone getting too hyped up. Uh, that's the second time that's happened. Now, people thought mm-hmm. Sting was going to show up uh, about like three or four months ago, as mm-hmm. well when they. A or WWE start pulling him from events. So it's not yeah. uh He probably isn't going to show up, but I still think he is an option for Darby down the line. Oh he'd be maybe he for maybe Darby he's editing. maybe he still is. You never know. He would be because mm-hmm. Darby doesn't talk, so having the one thing with Sting is that was never Sting's strength talking. He was uh, he yeah. he was never very good at it. He, he, sting was, he was at his saying,
1: It's showtime
0: Yeah, That's Sting was at his best when he came back As the Crow Sting and never spoke again Oh yeah so Yes, 12 year old Brad was All in on Crow
1: Sting, man Whew. Yeah, I was going nuts for that stuff
0: I like Surfer Sting too, but I didn't know him very well Oh yeah, when I was a kid I was like, oh this is so much cool But as an adult now, Surfer Sting's cool mm-hmm. Yeah, but Surfer, Surfer Sting's promos were not good no. They were very bad. So. mm mm-hmm. Okay, so the next match, which uh, was Nyla versus Shida. Again, a very good match and far better. I mean, I, w- I was expecting this match to bang because they've had bangers already. Oh, yeah, they have
1: great chemistry. It's just they sucks really the build's not good. Yeah,
0: like... I'm j I'm out of excuses for the build for these for the build for any women's match, but specifically the build for these women's championship matches, especially mm-hmm. with Sheeta. However, I will give credit to Tony. Again, in the media scrum, he took the blame for this. He said that uh Vicky Guerrero was away for a while for personal reasons. And as a result, he was holding Nyla off T V. And mm. um and he also said that uh he said that he watches uh Dark every every week, obviously. But um he said that he said but not everybody else does, and he should have been more cognizant of that and he shouldn't have tried to build it through Dark. And yeah. he he said he took the blame for it. Like it's not an excuse, but it's a reason. You're know, like, okay. Sure. At least he he knows yeah.
1: there's an issue, so maybe he can work to trying to
0: because it that. seems like they're building up the NWA title more than they are,
1: yeah, the AEW title. A better story building, which, which is an the issue. Like
0: mm-hmm. it seemed for uh, the AEW title and Machida, it seemed like there was, it seemed like there was an issue, like they were waiting on uh-huh. something, and it was very apparent that they were wait, waiting on something. I thought it was Thunder Rosa, but if it was that they were waiting for uh Vicky to come back. Like that it makes sense. Like it seemed like they were in a holding pattern. Like it wasn't yeah. that they didn't want to have her, it was that they were choosing to hold her off because they couldn't do what they wanted to do. That was the impression that I got. Still still not okay, but at least we know why or at least the reason what they're saying mm-hmm. is the cause of it, but yeah, the, yeah at least they're, I, I'm
1: just glad they're, they're aware of it and they're not trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. They're admitting to it and hopefully they can start working to make it better. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it, it, you got to build to Baker. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Let's get to this match. Let's do, uh, let's give them credit. This match was great. Um, and oh, yeah. Nyla yes. Rose came out wearing the mega man gear, which I was, marked out for that. I was like, holy crap. She's mega man. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Man, and we know that she's a gamer. Um, mm-hmm. She ha, she does going back
1: to what we talked about at the beginning. A company full of gamers. So yep, she she, she does is she usually does uh, Tifa.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was she was half Tifa today. It was half Tifa, yeah. half her other gear, which is okay, mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, this match like uh this match was awesome. It was really hard hitting. Uh, Sheeta came out mm-hmm. out out of the blocks, just like knocking Nyla's block off until. Uh, she took too long getting her chair out for her rising knee off the for her flying knee off the chair. And uh Nyla was able to turn it into a clothesline, she sent her over the barricade, and then um when they were coming back, uh Sheeta got hit in the back of the knee with a kendo stick from Vicky. And then from that point on, like I said earlier, Nyla targeted the knee like a good heel mm-hmm. should. And just yeah. was just wearing every single attack she did was on the knee. Whether it was stomps, what would normally be an eye gouge was a gouge of the knee. Um, mm-hmm. She did a splash onto the knee, which at first was just like, oh, was that a botch? And I was like, oh no, she's targeting the legs. Yeah. I was like, this is really cool. And literally everything, just really excellent psychology in this match. until, uh, And she had the match won. And she did what she did last time where she she hit her with the beast bomb, but then she lifted her up by the hair, yeah, to give her the toma she again. she hit the toma she, I believe she did right yeah she
1: uh or did you i think she yes. did yes yeah, she I can't,
0: <laughs> she hit it, but then uh oh yes that that was it she hit the toma she, but that just pissed uh um sheeta off, sheeta and she off. she kicked out at one and then <laughs> um and then. Sheeta comes back with the fighting spirit, and she she hits uh, Nyla Rose with her falcon arrow, um, hits her with hits her with the Tomashi, and then picks her up by the hair again. I
1: loved when Sheeta picked her up; that was so amazing. I loved it.
0: I got I got shivers, and I'm getting shivers now because like <laughs> Sheeta gave like a uh, she gave this scream and this look of anger on her face. I was like, oh my god, we've not seen this from Sheeta. Mm-hmm. ever other than her like matches with baker when she broke baker's nose yeah. um i was like i was like oh goodness and then they went back and forth i think she hit her with a top was it a top rope falcon arrow yeah she tried to hit her with well she hit her yeah. with a top rope falcon arrow but it was hard because nyla's a big she's a big athlete and um mm-hmm. then she hit her with like no fewer than eight knees and yeah. like not even her Thomas, she she was just she's just essentially V tricking her. She was holding her arm and just kneeing mm-hmm. her one after the other. I was like, "Holy shit, this is a brutal finish!" Yeah, and uh, we need more of this, she to please. And she looked really good doing it too. Like, like I saw like stills of it. It looked like a fighting game. The poses that mm-hmm. she was in, it was like she's very trained and in, mm-hmm. in martial arts and yeah it looked it looked amazing so then she got the win off of these brutal knees not even her finishers just straight knees to the face and then yeah. um like it's awesome she leaves and then vicky guerrero comes in the ring and just is essentially abusive to nila just like screaming at her asking her what's wrong with her, and then slaps her in the face. Did front. she slap her? Yeah, she yeah. slapped her in the face and walked off, and Nyla looked dejected and yeah. just followed her out. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I'm assuming we're this might lead to a Nyla baby face switch at some point, which would actually be kind of cool, especially if mm-hmm. Baker is going to be the one inevitably getting that belt, which I think has to be yeah. the case. Uh, oh, for sure. And then that'd be interesting to heal Baker and a face Nyla match could be really interesting. That'd be really cool. I don't think Nyla wins because mm-hmm. I think you want to keep the belt on Baker. I mean, we're talking yeah. about, after, like, <laughs> let's not talk about that just yet. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- that ending seemed, that after the match didn't seem quite earned. And to me, that makes sense because they held that story off TV because Vicky wasn't there. So it kind of came out of nowhere. I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. I feel bad for Nyla, but like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. we we haven't seen any of this on TV, but it sounds yeah, that's true. Sounds like but hopefully
1: they go to dark, or dynamite with it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. continue the story.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it, was it a, could be really good. Sounds like it was a change of plans. We're well, not a change of plans, mm-hmm. but they they waited and hopefully mm-hmm. they'll let her do that when they come back because uh, it's yeah. needed. Nyla's great and she was one of the bi- in pre-pandemic she was one of the bigger stars in AEW like was probably the top woman in terms of story she's the only woman oh, with yeah. story development and she was having mm-hmm. the best matches like everybody's best match was against nyla like for the oh, first uh she's really good like
1: they her and Riho had pretty... incredible matches
0: mm-hmm. so oh yeah i can't wait for Riho to come back speaking of her Mm-hmm. Nala's been very underutilized. She can have matches with all the other women on the card. It doesn't just have to mm-hmm. be Sheeta. Yeah. And then, and if you make her face, you can have her face some of the heel characters like Penelope Ford and Abaddon, and whoever. Abaddon, mm-hmm. I hope she's doing okay, but yes. Evelise, yeah. Anna J, all these people.
1: Mm
0: hmm. All right, so the next. And I so I gave that one a f I gave that one four stars. It was good, minus that I got a last bit. That. Yeah. Okay. So which which is great. Like that's above good. That's great. Which mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. But uh, like no, if not at all, they keep having great matches at pay per view and then not doing anything with them afterwards. And you were always like, okay, this is the turning point, and then it's not. Yeah. So. It's, it's got to be this time. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be because they're starting <laughs> to bring in more women. So you uh-huh. got to find a way to get them on TV. Okay, so the next one was Bucks versus FTR. And I love this match. Shit. And I loved it. I loved everything about this match. I loved it more the second time because this is the first time I watched this, watched it, and a little bit the second time, but more so just the first time I watched it. it. It took a little while for me to get into it. It started very slow. It started with lots of holds, mm-hmm. just with lots of uh F T R picking at the ankle of of Matt Jackson, which I do love and which is their game. Um but it was it it was a it was a slow build, but then like it kept escalating and escalating and escalating uh-huh. in intensity and into and into in in with my enjoyment of it and then it just, it turned into a love letter to tag team wrestling yeah, where exactly. both of the teams started doing all these moves from all the teams that they were inspired by. The Bucks yeah. were doing, I think the Bucks did a 3D. They did a, they, um, they did the hardy,
1: uh, flip fist move. They did. I saw a heart attack in there. One of the teams did a Steiner bulldog. Mm-hmm. It was nuts.
0: Oh yeah, it was a uh, th- and one a nice little detail was uh, Matt Jackson did a did an Arn Anderson move, which was the uh-huh. uh, which was Tully's team. So that was a nice yeah. little. But yeah, th- so many callbacks all throughout the match, just so expertly put together, which I'm not surprised because this is what the Bucks do, and especially with FTR, they're incredible at it. And they were and they were just working over Matt's ankle, and Matt is just an incredible seller. And mm-hmm. I didn't know in like half part way through the match, you texted me and you said, Matt's really hurt. And I was like, Really? What's what's up? And then I read and Matt has a torn has a partially torn leg la- or partially torn ligament in his it's, in yeah. his leg. And uh so apparently they also found an old ligament thing in his ACL <laughs> as well from like 2008 when they were oh, wow. when they were doing tests but yeah he's had this injury since that butcher and the blade match so he's yeah, Falls Anywhere match. he's legitimately wrestling hurt so uh what looked like some what probably looked like some um selling was actually real pain yeah, on real his part cuz mm-hmm. sometimes you'd notice he'd be grabbing the knee and sometimes he'd be grabbing the ankle Yeah,
1: (laughs) But But, yeah, this match was just incredible on just two of the very best tag teams in the whole world right now, just going at it and just doing everything they can to make the other teams and themselves look great. It was just everything I love about tag team wrestling.
0: Yeah. I love that. They were just, they were trying to uh, constantly come up with new ways that they could beat the other team. So that's where they're using the other team's moves. Mm -hmm. And then, there is a point where um near the end of the match well this is like the closing of the match um ftr has used all their moves they've used all the moves mm-hmm. they can think of it's uh well, it's it's cash and matt jackson in the ring matt jackson's on the ground and uh he's at this point he's had his boot ripped off he's had his ankle worked over and Cash is looking around. He doesn't know what else he can do. He's used every move, and then he's just like, "I'm going to go for a flip." Which they're yeah. the no flips just or uh, no flips just fist. No stuff. flips just fist. So he goes up for a springboard four fifty. He does it, but mm-hmm. Matt's anticipating. It. He moves. Then Matt gets up, and he doesn't beat them with a with a flip. He doesn't beat them with a dive. He beats them with a super kick. Just a kick.
1: Yeah, his barefooted
0: super kick. Too. Barefooted super kick knocks him out. So FTR loses because they went for the flip and the Bucks went, mm. for, the, went for the strike. And the Bucks yeah. end up winning. And Matt's ankles just destroyed. FTR leaves. The Bucks are celebrating. Kenny comes out to celebrate with them. And then in the background, you see Hangman... I didn't even notice him at first. Yeah. It took me a second to realize he was standing there. I saw somebody was back there but I couldn't see who it was. It's Hangman. Mm-hmm. He's hanging out in in the in the tunnel on the right-hand side. And but he's not coming out and he's drinking his drink and he's watching mm-hmm. like the sad, like the sad cowboy he is. Like, yeah. and you don't know whether he wants he wants to come out or he wants to come out and fight them or what he wants to do, but the, uh, and then he disappeared and I kind of wish the announcers didn't mention it because none of the wrestlers saw it. Yeah. But the, the announcers are just like, is there somebody back there? I'm just like, oh no, just let it be an Easter. That's egg. when I the, noticed it when
1: they said yeah.
0: something. I would have never noticed. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, it makes it a little it makes it a little corny when they do that. Not mm-hmm. the. I think it's totally fine that they did it, but I think it's cool that you could miss it if you mm-hmm. uh, if you didn't happen to be looking up there because I saw some. Prominent uh, wrestling people on Twitter did not see it and only saw it after yeah. the fact when people were tweeting about it. I was like, "That's cool, yeah." Like, I want there. Oh, I forgot one of the coolest things when FDR, uh, the Bucks had. Uh, so first, FDR goes for the for the DIY uh, mm-hmm. finisher. They yeah, do that a that DIYs strategy. move. uh, Yeah, and they called it
1: out on commentary too.
0: Yeah, and and commentary called it out too, which was amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they they're like, "Oh, this is the DIY finisher." I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then the Bucks went for the DIY finish that where Mm -hmm. DIY beat them for the belt with the double submission where they're grabbing each other's hands, uh, reaching Mm -hmm. out for each other, and that's what I was in a fucking fop sweat when that happened. Yeah. I went from not being into this match at the beginning to like wanting to rip my shirt off. I was just sweating so much. I was like, Holy, Oh my God. I was like, I can't believe they're doing callbacks to WWE and not even yeah. like 90s WWE. They're doing callbacks yeah. to WWE like of four, four years, years ago. ago. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my Lord, this is great. But they, they,
1: they kind of referenced that. They said that, uh, you know, for the years it was the bucks being the rated the best tag mm-hmm. team. And then, a few years ago, FTR started getting named that, and that's because of those matches with DIY.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just in reverence of everyone that's come before them, and what tag team yeah. means, and what ta- yeah. And I just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah.
1: What well, you said is a love letter to tag team wrestling, and that's the perfect way to sum it up. It was just amazing. I gave
0: it four point seven five. Like, I am gonna go five. Yeah. Just because I and loved anytime there's a three D in a match I'm gonna love. Yeah. It. Five star I mean, I get it. I I like you can make you can make that argument. My one thing is the five star tag match for me is Revolution. And this <clears> was, for me was just behind it. Like j ju- like yeah. a, just a tiny tiny little bit. <clears throat> and that is partially the build. It yeah. was part of that. The build to this match was sometimes wonky and i was more forgiving of this build than most people most people fell off this build yeah. heading into it i liked it but
1: i didn't hate it i always thought it could have been better but
0: yeah with the match who cares
1: about the build anymore that match was incredible yeah
0: no the match was, the match, was, the, match was, the match itself was a 5 the match itself mm-hmm. was a 5 for sure okay so elite deletion a match that i did not want a match that I don't think anybody <laughs> wanted. Um, this is uh yeah. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. I've but it came, again came at a good time on the card. It's yeah, it's it's served perfect its, cool down. it served its purpose cooldown. It served its purpose on the pay-per-view, and I think the pay-per-view is better for it. Which yeah. is saying something. And similar to the uh to the silver and Orange Cassidy match. It started with humor. It started wacky so that you can kind of laugh and just relax a bit after the pre <laughs> after the previous match. And then it got it got violent. wildly <laughs> violent near the end. To the point where mm-hmm. like some people could I get like I said, some people might get uncomfortable with this. And not yeah. that it was like something that you don't see in matches all the time, but it was mm-hmm. that it was referencing the Matt Hardy's previous injuries that were yeah. fuck ups it, <laughs> that were like yeah, Matt Hardy's gonna the most a, heinous botches I've yeah. ever seen in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah,
1: whenever they did the table spot at the end and Sammy rolled over and there's all, he, he was, you could tell it was fake blood, yeah. but it was just so
0: much of it. I was like, Oh, they really went there. <laughs> yeah. This match was wacky. This was wacky in the mm. uh, Hardy compound. I mean, Gangrel showed up. So. Yeah. What else? <laughs> and that for me uh, like it was funny. I texted you near the beginning of this match and cuz you could hear the crowd was quite silent cuz they still mm-hmm. have the crowd noise in the background when they're showing this and I was like, "Ooh, I hope they aren't losing the crowd." Yeah, for this match. And then uh you're like, "Well, hopefully they'll get wacky." And then like Yeah. Friggin' Hurricane Helms and
1: Gingrell showed up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two minutes later, Hurricane Helms and Gangrel show up. And uh Matt Hardy has an incredible line where he said, oh, Gangrel, this is what you call long-term story, long-term booking yeah. <laughs> because they're following through on an angle from like four or five years ago or something like that. It yeah. Very... It was like one of the other TNA or impact. Impact storylines. Uh, deletion matches. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. Like, Matt Hardy yeah. has a fantastic sense of humor, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was very funny. Like he threw Hurricane Helms into the lake of reincarnation, and he came back as a journalist, and he threw him back into the yep. reincarnation again. I really thought we were going to get
1: three count from WCW after the the second time he got thrown in. I was like, please tell me three counts coming, because I would be so happy.
0: <laughs> I don't think they would have the rights to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they have the rights to Hurricane Helms, to be honest. But maybe they didn't. I think he may him. own it.
1: I think he may own it because he, for a while in uh, Ring of Honor, he showed up and wrestled as Hurricane Helms uh, like four years ago or so.
0: Mm -hmm. The the one uh, it's funny the one thing at first I was like I was happy when it happened, but uh, and but then after like uh, the longer it went on, it was like okay, this is a little much. Was the uh, um, Santana Ortiz come in and they're fighting Matt, and Mm then Private Party comes in to defend him and they're just sort of. They spent a long time on those guys uh, fighting each other. Yeah, they had like a mini-match uh, within the match. Was, this match went on for a long time. It went on for almost 20 minutes. And, yeah, uh, it didn't feel like it once it has got like going. Mm-hmm. Like once the fireworks came out, mm-hmm. it really didn't feel like it. Then they went into, I don't, what's it called? The Dome of... Dome of Deletion. Deletion, or... Mm-hmm. who knows it's a it's a shed it's a, it's his big warehouse yeah. <laughs> he goes into it where he has another ring and uh mm-hmm. so he's and then the music changes once they get in there they lock the door and the music changes and then it gets super violent yeah. they start doing there's a crazy a coffin in the background and i really thought somebody was going to come out of the coffin mm-hmm. they one like no one ever did yeah they start doing the, they did a crazy ladder bump where uh mm-hmm. Um, it was does a it was a swanton onto Matt Hardy. Sammy does a swanton, yeah, and that was cool. Through the table, and then he starts taking part the ring and hitting him with the ring hooks, and mm-hmm. um, chokes him with it. Yeah, and but the the music changes, and it actually started doing like horror music, and mm-hmm. and then I actually started getting into it a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this music is really good because before the uh, the deafening silence of them being Mm -hmm. outside and there being nothing around was actually a little weird for me. It was a little eerie. But uh, yeah, and then uh, Matt Hardy spears him through off the ring onto a table, which is is a callback to the spot of Sammy spearing Hardy off the forklift onto the concrete. I was like, ooh, and his head is supposed to be cracked open. And then... He hits him in the face with the chair in the same way it was folded open. open. That
1: looked nasty. That did look nasty, even for the cinematic of it. I was like, "Oh my god, that didn't look comfortable." Yeah, I oh. could
0: see. I could see in the replay that Matt protected it well, but mm-hmm. he's just such an expert. And um. And then, uh, yeah, he then he can he chair him up. Uh, yeah. He hits him for the concerto, too. and I was—he like, looked like he smashed his head like a pumpkin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, Yeah. Oh.
1: Matt Hardy may need a lawyer because it, it looks like he committed murder."
0: And but then this part really did pop me. They put Sammy in this garbage can, and he just looks—he just looks like spaghetti being shoved into a Tupperware yeah. <laughs> container. And then they mm-hmm. load him into a onto the back of a truck, and Senior Benjamin just drives him off, which. What's interesting is this match, and after this match ended, I was just like, oh, they just wrote Sammy off to give room for the MJF uh, Jericho story to play out for a while. So this is what I like about AEW. They have their uh, stories intertwining with each other in ways that you don't necessarily notice at first, but they Mm -hmm. they all make each other better. Like this completely separate storyline is is affecting this other completely separate storyline and making making it work. And uh, yeah. I loved it. It's um, the next one, the next match. Which so, oh, sorry. So that match, three stars. Is it was, is it was good. It's fine. Yeah. Like uh, it was a lot of fun. You can't ask for more from a yeah. match like that. It was the only match they didn't rewatch when I rewatched it again. I was just like, I've mm-hmm. seen this. Like, you only need to see it once. It's fine. And it, it's yeah. just a way to come down off the previous match. And then it goes into MJF with the yeah. versus Jericho, which lots of people are high on. I am high on it, but not for the ring work.
1: Yeah, I thought the match was okay. I think it would have fared better for me, maybe if you switched this with... Like, the women's match, maybe? Or if it's just on a little earlier in the show. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I, I love this match in terms of how it was laid out, in terms of how it was crafted, in terms of the booking. It's just Jericho, at this point, just can't have... He doesn't have bangers anymore. He's he's just that old where, like, the match was great and he had the fans in the palm of his hand and so did MJF. Like, the fans were cheering Jericho, they were booing MJF. MJF Mm -hmm. was, again, working the arm, but in reverse, he was, uh, the young guy was working the limb on the older guy. And he was Mm -hmm. working it on the Judas elbow. um, Yeah. So that he could... Because he, Judas, affect the ring... Mm-hmm. He was, did just affect the ring pull, and then from that point on, MJF mm-hmm. was working on that elbow. It was brilliant. It was, but it was it was a slow match. It was uh, it was done at a pace that Jericho could work, which is fine. Yeah. He, like he's he's older now, but his he's older now, he's
1: more brawly type
0: guy. Yeah, so, but it makes sense. The storytelling in this was amazing. It was really really oh, good. Yeah. It told the story. The fans were eating it up. Um, they were getting the exact crowd reactions they want. And it was not overly violent at all, which is good because this match shouldn't be a blood feud yet. It should just be mm-hmm. a slightly less than friendly competition between yeah. these two guys because uh, MJF is wanting to, at the very least, trick Jericho into thinking that he wants to join the inner circle. And uh, I thought, like, very good match, but and then um, yep. MJF does uh, he uses some Eddie Guerrero esque cheating yeah. to win the match. He uh, he calls down. Uh, actually, sir, sorry, there's this there's one really cool spot before we get to the end where uh, MJF he looks like he's going for the Heat Seeker, but on the ropes. But instead, he does a uh, the code breaker. he does the code breaker off the ropes and then into the Heat Seeker, mm-hmm. which I thought yeah. was just so cool.
1: I gotta say i love the heat seeker i think it's such a cool looking move
0: it's it's awesome mm-hmm. um yeah so then uh he he goes for the pin he doesn't get the pin he's using the Fujiwara armbar. he doesn't get the jericho doesn't tap so then he calls out wardlow wardlow gives him the ring he goes to hit him with the ring um uh, jericho ducks it um he reverses it and then um um Aubrey Hager Edwards see, Aubrey Edwards sees Wardlow, starts yelling at Wardlow, and then uh Hager get throws the bat to Jericho. Jericho's about to hit MJF. MJF flips MJF him the flips bust. him the bird, <laughs> flops on the ground, and then Aubrey <laughs> Edwards turns around, sees him, and then she takes the bat away from him. And while Jericho's arguing with Aubrey Edwards, he grabs MJF grabs the tights, rolls him up for the one, two, three. Uh, I think was that the second or third roll up in the night when it's done well it's done really well Mm -hmm. and they did it really well in this uh in this match i think it's the second yes it was um but yes it was uh darby allen did
1: it to cody mm -hmm.
0: yeah this was really good um and then chris jericho was surprised and then pleased afterwards he's just like yeah he just gets up and hugs he's like okay that's re-. then yeah. the fans start chanting inner circle clap 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 yeah. clap, clap, clap. <laughs> i was like "He's perfect they had them the fans ate this shit up and uh and there's not a lot of them so it's good that you could hear them throughout this whole match mm-hmm. and uh that so uh yeah and then uh chris jericho says Welcome to the inner circle. Uh, mm-hmm. Wardlow and MJF. So Wardlow's in the yeah, inner he, circle as well, which yeah, is both of them. really cool. It makes sense because MJF owns him. And Hager was not pleased. You could see no, the they, you could see the two big men like a, staring at each other the whole time as yeah. they're walking up the ramp. And mm-hmm. they weren't playing MJF's music. They were playing the inner circle music. Mm-hmm. When they left, which I thought was another yeah. really nice touch. So uh, I said three and a half star for the match itself, five star for the structure and booking of the match. I gotta agree, yeah, for sure. Like it, it did, yeah. <laughs> like the the ring work, it's like when you just when you see an older wrestler put together a great match, but he's not doing all the crazy moves that the young guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Which. I thought it was really good. And then Kingston versus oh, yeah. Moxley. Speaking I, of crazy
1: young guys doing stuff.
0: I didn't really <laughs> uh take notes for this match. It was just uh it was amazing. The the only negative I can think for this match was I was talking about it for weeks and other people were talking about it for weeks how they were they were gonna have a mic in each of these guys' face for the whole match mm-hmm. to have these guys talk. The whole match. Yeah, that was That's weird. There was no mic. There's no mic. These are the two best talkers yeah. in the industry, and you don't have them mic'd in the match where you're supposed to hear them say "I quit" and they can interact with the fans. And there, it seemed like a major missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, maybe they're too worried about them having a, a live mic.
0: It could and be some of the words and they could use. There is sometimes they will communicate with each other, and they might not uh, might not want them to pick up. On those, like yeah, that's true. Okay, man, go get the tax. Like, who knows? Yeah, but uh yeah. yeah, I noticed that. Like,
1: like probably five minutes in, I was like, "Wait, where's the microphone? This is weird. I've never seen an I quit match like
0: that." Yeah, the the microphone it w- should have been there. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think it would have it would have would have turned what I thought was a four and a half into a five star match. Yeah. And, I love this match. And though. even I thought it was might excellent. even just be a 4.75. But it's just like, that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I can't say it's a five-star match because there's one, the one thing I've been saying that I was looking forward yeah. to in this match for weeks, they did not do. Mm-hmm. And it seemed yeah, like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Especially because this I'd match just... gets a... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, I was going to say it gets a whole uh, extra star for uh, Kingston's trunks.
0: That's true. But. Which I've heard mixed reviews on that, but you shouldn't be mean to a man who is the in the shape of Kingston for what he looks like in his gear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that his trunks were uh, mis- were the Masawa colors, and I love that. I wanted him to hit an emerald flotion at some point. Oh, that would have been so nice. I didn't see it. He probably could have. But uh, yeah, it was <laughs> a great match. Great match. Um, brutal. Yeah, brutal, it was brutal. brutal. Like they had, uh, there was barbed wire baseball bats, there was barbed wire wrapped around fists, there was tack... The Kingston ripped off the barbed wire bat and then wrapped yes, it around he, his Yes, he face. ripped it off the, <laughs> off the bat, wrapped around his fist, was just clubbing Moxley in the head with it. He, uh, he slapped Moxley in the face with tacks in his hand and lodged two of them in the top of the skull of Moxley. Mm-hmm. So that at one point uh, Kingston had him in a uh, in in a submission bulldog choke, in a bulldog choke, and Moxley was bleeding out of his scalp mm-hmm. from these tacks in his it's, head.
1: Uh, Moxley's wife tweeted at it. It's like, why is it always thumbtacks in the head? That's what all
0: she tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the they were. There were some extremely Japanese spots with the, the chops yeah, like the back and trading forth. Trading suplexes. Yeah, the trading suplex spot was great. The trading chops spot was great. Moxley hit hit him with the with the gotch pile driver. Yeah, they even shouted out Minoru Suzuki and that got
1: a huge pop out of me. I was like, oh, they did it.
0: <laughs> uh, a match where they where there's shout outs to Misawa and Suzuki. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the... He hits the paradigm shift and then makes him say, I quit with the the barbed wire wrapped around the arm, wrapped around his arm. So it's like, it's like, how can I make this guy say I quit by, yeah. by doing the exact same thing I did to him before that made him pass out. But this time with barbed wire and honestly, he looked as he was saying, he just looked dejected like yeah. absolutely dejected and there there's one part where uh in the match where um he's he's trying to he's using the barbed wire in some nefarious way on Kingston he's like, mm-hmm. he's like do you give up do you give up he's like you got to kill me you got to kill me but he's saying it in yeah. a way that the fans aren't even supposed to pick up like it, was, yeah. it seemed it seemed real, man. It it was yeah. The the spot that got me was
1: um, when Kingston Urinagi'd yes. Mox into the thumbtacks and then got the rubbing alcohol and sprayed it all over his back. Which yeah. I hope that was just water, but Mox might be crazy enough to just like yeah, use real rubbing alcohol because uh, that would have hurt so
0: bad. The urinagi is my favorite um, non finisher wrestling move. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy to see what was the dirtiest looking urinagi i have yeah. ever seen onto thumbtacks. Yeah. Um yeah. And then so John, after the match. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh yeah, after the match, oh. Kenny comes out. Um and uh he he walks up to the ring and he's staring down Moxley and he's looking down at all the tacks and the barbed wire and all that stuff. He just sort of like Acknowledges it, and he's like, "We've done this before. I'm not going to do it again." Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah. then Excalibur mentions this, like, "Next time these guys face each other, it's going to be a straight wrestling match." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, because their lights out match was brutal, though. It was brutal, it was, like, giant barbed wire thing, and it was brutal, but it's not." I'm happy to see Kenny do that once, but it's not something I want to see from Kenny. No, no, no. You don't see Kenny in those types of matches. As I was watching it, I was just like, I wish this was a real wrestling match. Not that it's not a real wrestling mm-hmm. match. That's not fair. But like when you see this match, I would, I ra- I would much rather see... Moxley versus Kingston in this match, then Moxley versus Kenny mm-hmm. in this match. Yeah, if you are putting Moxley versus Kenny in this match, it's like, well, you are not getting the best the best out of a match between the two of them. Whereas you are when you mm-hmm. put Kingston in it. And yeah, yeah this is probably this is the sweet spot for me for a hardcore match. Like if they brought out the light tubes, I would not have liked it. Oh, I was it. waiting for him. I was waiting uh, for it, but I, 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 I still don't think AEW is ready to go there yet. I know you're a deathmatch guy, but for me, it's like this violence felt earned, whereas mm-hmm. violence in deathmatches is violence for the sake of violence, which is fine, because that's what it is. That's the context. Mm-hmm. But this was... No, I get it. I get why people don't like deathmatches, mm-hmm. but I just, I love the absurdity of them, so... Like, this this but. felt very intimate, and I liked that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it really did, because they did a few spots on the outside but it uh, cuz in my head before the match I was thinking you know they're going to throw each other off giant things and but they really kept it to the ring and the immediate outside of the ring but I think there was like I think I saw one suplex on the floor like on the concrete floor mm-hmm. other than that they kept most of it in an, or just right outside the ring
0: mm-hmm. yeah and when like uh, when you contrast this with the previous match with uh Jericho versus MJF which was not at the point where it's supposed to be a blood feud yet it's like mm-hmm. that's like it's the good the good contrast yeah. between the two like you didn't want this in that match you wanted uh MJF to outsmart him in this match mm-hmm. you wanted uh Moxley well I wanted Kingston to beat uh, I wanted Kingston to win too I think everybody did just based off of the promos of Kingston like you feel for him and mm-hmm. it was it was so disheartening. At the end of the match, um, Moxley goes to stick out the hand to Kingston to help him up, to mend their friendship. And, and Kingston says, no, gets up and leaves and mm-hmm. rebukes him. And we'll have to see what happens going forward because Pack is coming back. Archer's been cutting promos on Kingston um, as well as the championship.
1: Yeah, he had a promo tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he Archer. did. But
0: I just wanted to talk about the matches. Like it was it was yeah. the standard Archer promo where he talks about uh it's like, Oh, I'm coming for you, everybody's gonna die. Somehow Jake Roberts is alive. One thing, Jake Roberts just announced <laughs> he has COPD, which is Oh wow. Uh I can't remember what it stands for, like it's a chronic something pulmonary disorder to do with the lungs. And it's during COVID. Mm-hmm. And apparently he can only talk for like twenty seconds before he needs oxygen. So I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't know how he is doing it right now. And they may want to just start using him as an advisor. I think mm-hmm. I think this is why we're starting to see uh Archer do a little more talking himself.
1: Yeah, he's a good talker too, so. He's pretty good. But, I mean, he's just never been Jake given Roberts a chance.
0: He's never been given a chance. Yeah,
1: Jake Roberts is one of the greatest of all time, so mm-hmm. it's hard to top
0: him talking. But but yeah, it looks like uh Archer is going to be uh, both Archer Pack are going to be going after Kingston. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what's what's in the cards there. Like that could be the a triple threat maybe or
1: yeah. Who knows? Hopefully it's a Kingston face term because I know he's he's really good at being a heel, but to me, the way his promos are, they're like so real and like he's everything's about him so real, like you just want to root. I for think him.
0: he right now he's devastated. And like maybe mm. a storyline they can do for T V is maybe Moxley goes out there, sides with uh like maybe you get Pack and Archer against Kingston and Moxley. That'd be cool. Hold you just over for just, a just on a so you just on work. a TV thing similar to what they were doing yeah. with uh, Moxley and Allen and Hobbs mm-hmm. that type. That'd be cool. Of, that type of thing. Just because you have
1: three months until Revolution, so you got to do something to pan out your time.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So overall, for this show, I give it I give it five stars. Like the amount of times mm-hmm. I, agree I you, said a match was five stars or four point seven five is like. Is like Are you kidding me? The only thing that could be better is if COVID didn't exist. That's the only thing that could have been better. And doing a little build for the women. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. they they announced some matches for next week. We'll save that for next week. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see main event Kenny storylines happening. That's very exciting. We have not seen that in AEW yet. On a on a weekly yeah, basis, what everyone's been wanting. So, the only time Kenny's been in the main event and in the main event storyline was prior to Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So this this is awesome, yeah. and with Moxley and they're both in very different places than they were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, for sure. I'm very excited for this, and the MJF versus Jericho storyline is going to last a long time. That's going to be exciting. Oh, that's gonna be slow build. I imagine this is going to take at least until close to revolution for
1: Mm -hmm. MJF to finally turn on him.
0: I'm a little worried about if the, if Matt Jackson's injury is going to allow him to, how long it's going to allow him to wrestle before he needs to stop and have surgery. Yeah. In his media scrum, he said that he's not too concerned. He had tests done and everything and he's had it. He's done nine matches since it happened mm-hmm. and he wraps it up every time he goes out there and he said like it's manageable <laughs> right now. So yeah, I think
1: the um, same thing happened to Seth Rollins in WWE a few years ago, mm-hmm. right before WrestleMania, he had like a slight tear, but he still wrestled at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as it doesn't get any worse,
0: I think he like, can still wrestle with it. Kenny was wrestling with a torn labrum apparently. So, mm-hmm. and now he's going for, uh, for Moxley. So that'll be, then this is this will be the longest build to a confirmed, uh, championship match, because yeah, when you think of Archer, when you think of Cage, when you think of when all Brody Lee, when all these guys got their, um, championship matches, they had, they were all defended mo like within like a month of each, like it was about a month long build, and most of them were on TV, so. Mm-hmm. I like Moxley may end up having to defend the title on TV, so probably maybe against. Uh, I hope they I hope they wouldn't do Pack, but you could end up seeing Archer <sighs> against him. Again. I can see Archer again. Um, maybe uh, maybe Brody Lee
1: when he comes back.
0: Brody Lee would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna have to do some TV defenses there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to see the matches that Kenny's going to have on the road to that pay-per-view. Because he's going to have to face some guys mm-hmm. some guys that he has not faced in AEW yet along the way. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to have to... Def- yeah, he's going to have to face guys like Brody and mm-hmm. Archer and stuff too. He's probably going to defend his number one spot, his, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, number one contendership along the way. And will not lose it like Kota Ibushi. Yeah. But yeah. could, but could you imagine Kenny wins the title in February and then Kota Ibushi shows up on that pay per view? I
1: would, have, I think my brain would melt probably
0: because I'd be so hyped up. Yeah, it would just be. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I can't even <laughs> imagine that. I, 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 shouldn't be doing that to us. I shouldn't be doing that. To yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not fair. Don't want to get too hyped up if it doesn't happen like cuz that 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 does happen. Yeah, the one thing that's interesting uh AEW is hyping up a big debut and unless it was Rosa or K in the pre-show that did not happen.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Which, Maybe just one of those things like, "Oh, you better tune in cuz you never know what's going to happen." type
0: deals. Yeah, they were they're they're quite explicit. It's interesting though. Yeah. It's like I, yeah, I mean, they had like a whole commercial for it. So, Yeah, yeah and the, which they ran. Maybe it was Gangrel. They Maybe ran many times. Yeah. It's like technically you can say, well, <laughs> Gangrel was there and Allison Kay yeah. was there. So, uh, fine. Yeah. Fine, fine. Allison Kay's big if you use her. I actually do think that's mm-hmm. a significant appearance. She was one of my predictions before they announced that match. Yeah. But yeah, and so th- this is all very exciting and, uh, I'm really excited for uh, a Wednesday with a very fresh start. Oh yeah, Dynamite's going to be exciting this week. I can't wait. Yeah, all new stories. I love the all new stories, man. It's going to be good. Me too. I love it when there's like a clear and then you go to the new stuff. It looks like Pac's probably coming back. Tony Khan would not confirm that in his media scrum. Mm. I think probably because Pac's coming back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he's gotta be who knows this isn't they can't just
1: tease me with the promo again I need Pat. this wouldn't life. be the I first
0: time he's dropped a promo while he's been away he did it mm-hmm. once yeah uh, he did earlier this year I remember
1: very that very similar a one
0: ago. actually but it sounds like mm-hmm. he's coming back so I need him I need no, him back he is. I miss him he is think about like him versus Cody or some shit yeah that'd be really good alright so I think we should wrap this up And then reconvene on Thursday night after Dynamite. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed the show.
1: You guys have a good one.